Welcome to Middle Age Can Be Your Best Age, the show designed to help make middle age your prime time of life by defying the notion that once you reach 40, 50, or even 60 years old, your crowning achievements are all behind you. Regardless of whether you're just approaching 40 or are firmly entrenched in your middle years, it's time to launch your very own personal journey toward a joyful and purpose-filled second half of life. Each week, host Roy Richards, an expert on midlife renewal and author of A Midlife Challenge, Wake Up, will discuss the challenges common to middle age and help guide you to a brighter tomorrow. Now, here's Roy. Well, hello, and welcome to this week's edition of Middle Age Can Be Your Best Age. And the subject of today's program is your retirement, planning for years of happiness, fulfillment, and accomplishment on your own terms, And before we get started, today's program is not about financing your retirement, and we previously covered that subject on a number of episodes, and I trust you're all set or well on your way to fully funding your retirement years, but the question remains, what are you going to do with all that free time? After all, the first wave of you baby boomers are are heading into retirement in droves, Each day, about 10,000 of you are closing the door to your office for the last time. And unlike prior generations, the vast majority of you can now look forward to years, even decades, of vital, energetic living ahead. And you represent the healthiest and longest living generation ever. And that translates into endless prospects for active, joyful living and volunteering during your next phase. As we so often remind you on this program, when you end your career, you're retiring from a full-time occupation, but not from life. Are those of you nearing retirement, uh, for all of you nearing retirement or even thinking about it, let me ask you a question. Are you daunted by the prospect of 24-7 freedom? Crazy as it may sound, uh, a lot of people seem to be daunted by this. Do you have a solid, realistic vision of your wonderful potential uh, after career, enjoying yourself immensely while giving back to others? And remember, in retirement, you'll be your own boss. Are you ready to assume that leadership uh, reigns? And I trust you are not that unfortunate person who can't begin to fathom replacing the purpose, structure, and direction that your career presently provides. If you are, you've come to the right place, because my first guest today, Joan Taub, is here to preview an all-new approach to planning retirement. In fact, she's author of a brand-new book, Building Blocks for the New Retirement, an easy, interactive, eight-step guide for a retirement with meaning, purpose, and fun. And before I introduce Joan, here's her bio. She's a career and executive coach and founder and principal of Great8Coaching.com. She's known to many as Coach Joan from her popular weekly blog, Dear Coach Joan Career Advice, and she brings a 20-plus year leadership career at Apple, 3Com, Intel, Memorex, and several successful startup ventures, and she's author of a prior 2010 book, Great in Eight Job-Seeking Skills, and Joan's focus is empowering folks in transition, and now she's turned her attention to retirement. And hey, today's program isn't just for you 55-plus baby boomers uh, contemplating retirement now or within the next 10 years, because those of you in your early 50s, even 40s, it's never too early to begin envisioning a vital and joy-filled post-career 
lifestyle. And hello, Joan Tobin. Hearty welcome to Middle Age Can Be Your Best Age. Good morning, and thank you very much. And I love the title of your show even, because I believe personally middle age has been my best age yet. And for uh, most of my clients, it turns out to be that way too. Uh, I'm all about activating people to bring the best to their lives. Well, in your book's introduction, you introduce us to a whole new approach to life after career, which you've labeled revitalment. Can you please define for us what uh, revitalment encompasses and how uh, revitalment differs from the traditional concept of retirement? Yes. First, let me tell you how I even came upon the need to rename it. When I decided to write this book, I did research for about three years, all about the history of retirement, life stages, and everything involved with that. Then, after I had the knowledge behind me, I interviewed 100 people. And those 100 people were either perched, preparing for retirement, or in retirement. And the number one thing to a person they had in common was a disdain for the word retirement. (laughs) And when I probed, I found out that there was a lot, they they perceived negative connotations about the word retirement. That the connotations are out of the mainstream, no longer productive, done, one step into the grave. Even as you look at the word retire, it has tired in it. Yeah, it's not the, the only positive connotation they found was were for those fortunate enough to have pensions. It meant, yay, retirement. I reached it. I get free mailbox money. <laughs> but other than other than that, the, the connotations were very negative. Yeah. So because I had done the historical research about different life stages, I learned that, you know, the words that we think of as just every day and part of our vocabulary, teenagers and adolescents. Yeah. It wasn't until the 1940s that those entered our vocabulary. Yeah. Prior to that time, there was childhood and then there was adulthood. <laughs> there was no name for that period in between. Yeah. And, In the same way, I started realizing that there's no name for this new period that's emerged as as you articulated, we're living longer and healthier lives. So I felt that we needed a new term for that period post-primary career and before old age. So I define this period as post after your primary career years are over, maybe you're still working part-time or, you know, a little contract work, but your primary career years are over, your basic provider years are over, and now you have perhaps decades of potentially vital, productive, meaningful, and fun years ahead of time to fill. And hopefully you're vital because you want to be productive, not because you have to continue earning a living. That's that's such a world of Exactly. Exactly. But what happened, I, I also am a student of the creative process, and I love it. So I was thinking a lot on my literal analytical side of my brain about how we really have a new life stage that has yet to be named. Yeah. And one, and I was thinking about it, and I, I put that idea into my subconscious. And one morning I woke up, I popped up. My husband loves these little things. I popped up and I said, revitalment. The word came to me. The word Holy came to me. A sound sleep. <laughs> exactly. He, he's, he's, he's getting used to living with this crazy creative woman. <laughs> but what, what happened is that I looked at that word and I realized I had something going. So I Googled it and nobody was using it. So I immediately bought it as a URL and I worked with LegalZoom. I've trademarked that word. That's my word. Oh. 
<laughs> Did you know that? I trademarked it because I feel like I'm onto something really good and real that can well, be helpful. As one of the keys to reinvigorate retirement, you strongly encourage us to move from an outside-in approach to an inside-out perspective. Can you please explain the difference between the two and the steps Good. needed to, uh, uh, upon retirement to move to that inside-out perspective? Thank you. Great, great, great question. What happens, especially in our American culture, we are very programmed and sort of imprinted by the outside societal expectations. We're, we're, we're really um, impacted by, you know, we have to go to school, get a good degree, get, get, get a job. Then when we become family people and parents, we have a lot of responsibilities, and it's just work that needs to be done. Yeah. But it may not come from our essential self, the way yeah. we're living. And I contend that once you're done with those primary career years and you have that precious gift of time and hopefully good health, yeah. you have the opportunity to now pivot and instead of looking to society to tell you how to live your life and what the expectations are, go from the inside. So yeah. you'll notice strategically the first chapter of the book is all about your essential self. Oh. And this is a Jungian psychological idea that we are all born with an internal temperament and, and, and internally driven preferences that we're born with. Yeah. That's why now, we always say you can have fun while you're earning a living if you really know what your essential self is and what your best exactly. you want to do with it. <laughs> so exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I mean, it, it took me years. You, know, you, you related my biography beautifully. Thank you. But as you can see, I started out very much as a corporate sort of straight person, yeah. and that was, that was fine. But as I, as I moved on in life, I realized I had this whole creative energy and this way of seeing things deeply. I had a psychological orientation, sociological, but I, I kind of get, get, get ideas of how we can take things further. And I started seeing I had a lot of energy. And when I started as a volunteer helping people in their careers, I realized, wow, even though I'm not earning money, this is turning me on. I feel so good. These people's faces who I've impacted stay with me forever. So I changed my whole career. So, so what I'm saying is by getting in touch with our essential self, it can make us feel so alive and in sync with what we should be doing, and we're, and we're not pushing aside our responsibilities. This is, this is the time of our life where our time, where, where our, where our time is our own. Well, that so sounds do you want me great, to give any suggestions yes. on how you find that essential you? What yes, you... <laughs> yes, yes. I always start. Sometimes clients come to me now to work on revitalment because they need a little help. Yes, the book is like having a coach sitting next to you, but some people like to talk it through and work it through with me. But the way we do that is I ask probing questions. And at the end of that chapter, I ask probing questions. What do you remember enjoying doing? Yeah. Were you a bookworm? Were you a kid who loved to run around and be active? Did you always have a whole gaggle of friends around you? Were you more of a loner? I mean, I, I did this process on my husband because he is recently retired, and he thought back. He's originally from Chile, South America. Oh. And when he was a kid, he, all of a sudden he started having these memories in summertime of riding horses on the coast. Huh. And he realized that was something that was such, so joyful for him. So now in his retirement, he's actually working with rescue horses. Oh, that's he realized horses, that's the smell of the horses being around them. It gave him happiness. Yeah, that's wonderful. Yeah, it's, it's so important that we go back to that childhood and the, 
before we were told we couldn't do this or we had to do this, or, you know, we just could really enjoy pretending and doing, <laughs> finding some interest and in, in pursuing it. And it's so great if you can go back and, and uncover that. Yeah. But, uh, now, I do want to say that, you know, I told you I interviewed a lot of people for this book, and I weave at least three very concrete examples and life stories into each chapter to show people how to bring to life that, that strategy or that going from the inside out. So one woman I love talking to who lives in Cody, Wyoming, she grew up a little girl in Texas, and she was very, very bright. She had always been a, a book lover, but growing up in Texas, because she was so bright, she got a full scholarship to be an engineer, worked in the oil business, but she she never forgot her love of books. Huh. So when she finally retired, she owns a little bookstore in Cody, Wyoming. Oh, that's great. You mean so, the cowboys I, up there actually read? <laughs> yes, and and all the tourists and all the tourists Part in the area come. And she has collections from local writers and oh, poetry and oh, all kinds great. of books. But she's she's in her bliss. Yeah. Well, that's so wonderful. Well, as part of your new requirement, you encourage us to give time and attention to our physical well-being, and I'd certainly second that. But uh, are you suggesting should we continue to battle ageism, or as we grow older, what benefits do we receive from uh, healthy meals and a daily exercise regimen? Yeah, What's the, that, the that, that's here? a that that's a great question and one that I think we really need to intentionally look at. For instance, you can have somebody at the extreme who's been a marathon runner and now yeah. he has bad knees and yeah. he's depressed because he got such joy out of his marathons, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so if he's going to do a positive adaptation, he's going to scale back his exercise. Like, like one woman I know who did competitive tennis is now playing pickleball. Pickleball <laughs> has a lot of the fun of it. It has a great name, but, it, but, it, but it's not as jarring on her joints it's not, no, and it's not as hard on the body. You play right? doubles, it's even better. Exactly, and she's having a great time, and she realized there was a whole social component of her tennis that, that she was missing. So she kept being athletic, but in a form that worked better for her body. Yeah. But you, you brought up something else. You out that we yeah. can concentrate more when um, we're slowing down on a, on a good diet. You know, we don't just grab that unhealthy Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. The other thing, I, I, I'm 62 years old, and one of the things I noticed, I always had kept a steady weight, and then the weight started creeping up, yeah. and I realized that I was a victim of a slower metabolism as I aged, even yeah. though I'm active. And when I go to restaurants, instead of ordering a main dish and maybe a salad and one glass of wine, sometimes I order two appetizers, and that's all oh, my body yeah. seems to need. Yeah, my wife does that too. On the See? Or, or, or if I'm out with a woman friend, I share a meal. Yeah, Maybe right. get a salad. But I, but, but, but let's get to the idea of the anti-aging, which is fascinating, and I yeah. think our culture is in is in a transformation about it. So one part of that chapter is about your physical health. You know, uh, staying free of disease or taking health maintenance, taking care of your your body's needs and exercise. Another is our appearance. Yeah. When we grow older, we look different. But how do we decide whether it's good or bad or we want to work to slow it down? We're in a real transition time, especially when a lot of major women's magazines now no longer allow 
anti-aging ads. Did you know that? No, I didn't know that. They will not. The far east, they honor age over there. (laughs) You got it. But the point is, anti-aging equals death. If you're not aging, you're you're dead. Okay. That's a good point. We can't stop the aging process. The alternative to aging is dying. Okay. They always, when you have a birthday and you complain about getting old, they always remind you of the alternative. Exactly, but but it but it's true. But for each person, they've got a to a person. You have to decide if you are depressed by your image and you really want to change it, and you have the resources to do it. Do it, but yeah. do it very consciously. Like somebody I knew who I interviewed for this book, she had prematurely gotten very wrinkled. She inherited very healthy woman, but prematurely wrinkled in her face. And her son's wedding was coming up, and she was going to be seeing so many people she hadn't seen in years. And she was really getting down about her appearance, and she wanted to look good in the photographs, and she wanted to feel confident. So she actually invested in a facelift. Oh. And she said, I'm, I'm only going to do it once, yeah. but I really want to look good, and I want those pictures to look back on. Well, she did that. Yeah. It was against her husband's wishes. I mean, it didn't cause a divorce or anything, but she said, I'm going to spend this money on it, and I want to do it. And she did it, and she's not sorry she did it, but she's not investing any more money or resources in that again. No, as long as you're not trying to look 20 when you're... <laughs> no, 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 no. She, 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 I saw the picture. She had a very good facelift done, and she looked excellent. But you know how that is. In a few years, it'll go back to sagging but for her it was important now another woman i interviewed she was a rainmaker in her law firm and she uh was presenting the face of the big law firm and she was older so they encouraged her to do these botox shots so that she wouldn't have the lines so she did that for about 10 years but the minute she retired she said forget about it i'm not putting money and resources into my face that way who cares well, they actually say that uh, women are more respected in their careers when they get older and have more, that more mature look. <laughs> to a point, to a point. But then when they look old, see, if they look middle-aged or they start to have some wrinkles, but if they look old and have white hair, then oh, the respect yeah. goes back down. Yeah, it's very it's, interesting it's, if you study the... Re- it's, it's I, like, I think it's, you should all try to look the best you can for your age, but uh, recognize exactly. But 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 there but there are choices within that as well. I mean, I'm also a career and executive coach, and one executive was unemployed and came to me, and I did encourage. He was very pale, and his hair had turned white. He had been a blonde. I did encourage him to dye his hair a light brown, and he got much better reception. Well, a and. Fulfilling retirement cannot be achieved in a vacuum, obviously. And you uh, quote some interesting statistics between longevity and uh, volunteering. And what, what's that? Uh, actually, you can avoid early uh, mortality a lot more. Yes. Uh, you have lower chance of it if you're active in uh, volunteer organizations or doing good for other people. Yes. What, what's fascinating is that now with, you know, our, our ability to, with, with neuroscience, we are able to do brain scans and things. The pleasure centers light up when we're helping others. Uh-huh. It's almost as though we're hardwired to be of assistance to one another. Yeah, we do get so deep true. pleasure from it. Thank goodness, right? Yeah. That's, that's Thank wonderful. goodness. So I think also, and when I interviewed people, I went deep deeply into that topic of volunteer work and being of service and what they were feeling and thinking as they were doing it. 
Well, for the most part, they were losing themselves. They were focused yeah. on oh, others. Amen. That's, that's so true. Were, I've known, when I've had most frustration in my life, maybe being out of work or whatever, as soon as I started helping others, that got sublimated, and I felt good at least for a while while I was helping somebody else. But, uh, exactly. And the other day, I, I had out-of-town visitors. I had a, a launch event at my house for, the, mm-hmm. for this book, Building yeah. Blocks. And uh, we went to to a museum, and the docent that took us around was celebrating her 90th birthday this oh, week. Wow. <laughs> and she's been a docent for 16 years. And this is what she does every day, and she loves it. And well, it you, keeps her going. That's, that's great. You encourage retirees to regain structure or uh, through anchor points in their weekly yes. schedules. What do you mean you, by You that? really read the book. I want to thank you. I've, I've, had, I've had some interviews where people haven't read the book as thoroughly, but I want to honor you and thank you. It means a lot to me that you really read it and are bringing up salient, important points. Anchor points. Actually, I came up with the idea of anchor points when I wrote my first book, because when people are go from being employed and having a structured life to unemployed, they're sort of, you know, hanging out in space and they don't know where to turn first. So I realized that we need our anchor points. Anchor points are set times of the day and days of the week that we do predictable activities. For instance, Say, say, say you're just retired and, and, and you go from this busy calendar of seven, eight meetings a day to nothing. And you look yeah. at these empty weeks ahead of you in the calendar book, even to have a friend that you walk with two mornings a week. Okay, yeah. I know yeah. every Tuesday and Thursday, 9 a.m., I meet Joe and we do our three-mile walk. That alone makes you feel more secure. Yeah, that's so true. If you, if you, if you feel like you're important and you... you... You have something to do and something, some place to be, and those anchors can make a big difference rather than just. They can a, make a, a really big difference, especially. I mean, on, on a sad but realistic note, as we age, we lose people. We lose people yeah, to yeah. bad illnesses. You know, say, I mean, I, I know a man who retired, and he and his wife had saved and saved to travel after he retired. Yeah. Well, six months after he retired, she passed away suddenly. Yeah, and that he, he guy is a, now doing a wonderful service in a, a clinic for... Uh, exactly, exactly. So he had, the other thing is this adaptability. He had one image of his retirement where he and his wife would travel the world, Yeah. and then she died. Yeah. Who would have anticipated that? She seemed as healthy as can be. Yeah, that's, we never can predict. <laughs> and then remember the story, somebody from his community called and said, hey, Bill, we need a volunteer at the clinic. You know, can you come down to help? Yeah. And at first he was reluctant, and when he went, he realized, I, I think that pleasure center of his brain kicked in. Yeah. And he was taking care of, uh, of people, and he felt useful, productive. He was engaging socially with the staff. And, and you know the rest of the story. Yeah. He ended up taking a good part of that nest egg and investing it in the clinic. That's a wonderful story. Well, let's introduce our listeners to your brand-new book, Building Blocks for the New Retirement your book offers an easy, interactive eight-step guide to retirement, and you have uh, eight different steps. We don't have time to go through all of them, but uh, why don't you give us a couple of those steps? That, uh... Well, let me start with step number eight, which is really important. Having coached people for over a decade, I found that almost all of us are 
have trouble getting started in a new endeavor. We just yeah. do. It, 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 it's, it's almost like there's this inertia to keep us doing whatever it is we're doing. But, and also, you know, I have a master's degree in training. So what I've learned for adult learners, we really do need to have a plan with specific actions, due dates, and hold ourselves or have a coach or somebody, partner to hold us accountable. Amen. So the last chapter of the book has both these pretty colorful building blocks with lines in them. So for each of those first seven chapters, you fill in the activities you're going to do. Yeah. Based on the idea that was prompted in that chapter. And now, I not everybody. Each, each yeah. of the chapters, you have a year turn at the end of the chapter where people do uh, exercises and write things too, and then they put them all together in chapter eight. That's that's. Yes, and and so you put it together on the blocks, but then the next couple of pages has it in regular linear lines, like notebook lines. Here's oh, the activity. Here's the due date, because I want you to see what your activities are and then really have a plan. And then you check it off as you start getting these things done. So your book is not one you quickly read through and set aside to collect dust. <laughs> no, mine is. Some people look at my book and they say, Joan, somebody said to me, it looks like an, a, a coloring book for kids. I said, yes, it's accessible. It's friendly. It's interactive because I want to tell you something. This is a little bit of a scary, frightening, anxiety-provoking time when you're going from the known life to the unknown. So I'm trying to tune in also to your subconscious. I want you to say, yes, this looks like fun. It's short, fun, and easy. And at the end of each chapter, there are exercises and questions where you apply the information. That's part of the – remember I said I have a master's in training instructional technology. How do we get people to learn new behaviors and new skills? We present the idea, we give examples, and then they have to apply it. Well, where so best can the listener go to yeah. a preview and purchase your brand new book? Okay, you can go to Amazon. Amazon has it already. A lot of bookstores are going to have it, but on Amazon, you just can write in Joan Tab, J O A N T A B B, and you'll see both of my books. You can also put the name in Building Blocks for the New Retirement. Oh, okay, so it's easy to find, and uh, we can get it on Amazon. It's then. very easy to find on Amazon. And, you and if you a- want to come out to California, where I am, I'll be doing a book talk here in Santa Rosa, California, August 3rd. And it looks like I'll be doing a book talk in Marin and then down in Los Gatos. People seem to really, I've been talking to some rotary groups, people really are paying apt attention. I think I've hit into something that's very real and timely and needed now. They should be going, because that is very timely. You also have a website. Give us that. Just so they yes, can more thank you it. so much. That's greatin8coaching.com. So it's great, the word great, then in, I-N, then the number eight, and then coaching. Greatin8coaching.com. Okay, well, uh, in conclusion, as you progress through middle age, it only makes sense to begin to visualize life's next phase. You know, uh, probably your parents' generation, most certainly your grandparents, so I didn't really talk much about uh, the next phase because they didn't have much of a phase after work. Most, uh, especially those working on farms and in factories, were pretty much worn out by their early 60s exactly. if they made it that far. And many folks never formally retired. They simply no longer were up to uh, earning a living, and they died shortly after quitting work. But today, at the normal retirement age of 65 or even earlier, 
most of us can look forward to 10 or more, maybe even 20 or more years of good health and sound mind. And please don't waste yours lamenting about how great things were when you were young and working and what could have been. Instead, follow Joan Tabb's sound advice. Imagine a full and rich life. Envision it, and uh, including enjoying time with your loved ones, taking care of your mind, body, and feeling good by giving back. Giving back to others is so essential, and that's what revitalment is. She uh, made up that word, and it's hers. That's what it looks like, but you can use it. <laughs> it's a great way to discover it is through her new book, Building Blocks for the New Retirement. And thanks to me and Joan Todd. We uh, learned a lot today, and best of success in the sale of that new book. Thank you so much, and it's been a pleasure to talk to you, and I really appreciate your thorough reading and, and great questions about the book. Well, thanks Thank for joining you. us. Well, that was great advice from Joan Tab. Don't plan for retirement. Plan for your revitalment. And I'm certain you'll want to check out her new book. And to close our program today, I'd like to highlight a few thoughts on retirement from my book, A Midlife Challenge, Wake Up. You know, if not now, in a few years, you and I will face retirement, perhaps the most critical transition uh, from middle age to maturity, and studies demonstrate that many retirees become frustrated and bitter. Uh, isn't that unfortunate when they should be uh, looking forward to it with great anticipation? And they do that, they feel bitter because they fail to anticipate and map out critical dimensions of their post-retirement experience on their own terms. They may have planned a big vacation trip for the next 30, 60 days, but then they come back and don't know what they're going to do. <laughs> Even with complete financial security, certain retirees rapidly lose focus, pride of accomplishment, and their, omer, uh, and their former sense of worthiness. Isn't that ridiculous? Especially vulnerable are those foolish individuals who gave everything to their careers, probably ignored their families and children growing up, and blindly equated current vocational status with self-worth. Absent accustomed workplace routines, the prerequisites of employment, and your boss telling you what to do, unfocused retirees no longer believe that their lives matter. They have no clue on how best to dedicate their idle hours. Sadly, far too many disgruntled retirees take personal boredom and frustration out on spouse and family members, and other forlorn retirees pass away only a few months or years after leaving a cherished lifelong vocation. In order to avoid your own heavy dose of post-retirement blues, I recommend you approach your pending retirement in the same manner you would plan for a radical career transition. Under my suggested uh, positive interactive approach to retirement, your initial task is to target an ideal primary post-retirement vocation, although the wonderful aspect of this vocation is uh, most of us no longer have to worry about how much the primary daily activity pays. Most importantly, you are you're now your own boss. What off-postponed lifetime goals might you strive to accomplish once you retire? Have you discussed retirement options with your spouse? Make sure he or she is on board and is ready to fulfill his or her lifelong ambitions. So long as both of you remain healthy with adequate funds, you and your spouse are presented with the extraordinary range of intriguing post-retirement possibilities, and the final choice will be entirely up to the two of you. 
And after thoughtfully prioritizing, uh, thoughtfully prioritizing remaining uh, lifelong objectives, your next essential step is to map out retirement finances, and I hope you've already uh, gone a long way toward doing that, including contingency plans for unexpected health or long-term care emergencies. And similar to planning for career transition, you may need to bend or adapt your ideal retirement vision a bit to uh, fit anticipated financial resources. If necessary, you may wish to uh, consider even part-time employment, but only during your hours of choice and only performing tasks which you enjoy and admire. No longer a career grind. You're retired from that. As a final step, I suggest you begin to plan implementation long before your actual planned date of retirement. Once a sound strategy is firmly in place, you can approach pending retirement with calm anticipation. Launching a successful retirement can be every bit as fulfilling as launching a successful new business venture. And please make certain that uh, you plan your retirement finances up front and then go for it. So long as you and your spouse remain healthy and active, retirement may prove to be the most rewarding interval of your entire adult lives, and it could go on for 10, 20, even 30 years. The two of you have earned a permanent respite from the mundane daily challenges of raising a family and earning a living, and presuming you have uh, prepared financially and emotionally, you are in the same enviable position as a wealthy heir or a multi-million dollar lottery winner. Think about that. Finances no longer are your concern, so do what you truly want with the rest of your life. And retirement may, re may represent the first opportunity in years to broaden personal horizons and to accept new challenges strictly for the fun of it or because you want to help somebody else. At long last, you'll have the opportunity to dedicate sufficient time and attention to those hobbies, avocations, and volunteer activities you most admire and to give time and energy back to God, yourself, your family, and the community. Promise yourself that upon retirement, you will continue to believe and behave like a person who truly can and does make a difference, and pledge to yourself every morning that you will accomplish at least one pet project or lighten the load for at least one other person. And as a relaxed, adventuresome, and fun-loving retiree, you will draw positive, like-minded individuals to you like a magnet. I promise that you'll have far than... Uh, more than enough to do, but don't overload yourself. You don't need to be in the same stressful situation you were during your career. Now, remember, you can receive advice for planning for retirement and most all of the other major transitions confronting us at middle age in my first book, A Midlife Challenge Wake Up by Roy C. Richards. It's a comprehensive reader participation roadmap uh, to guide you from just hanging on at middle age to living out loud, setting your own course for the rest of your life, and becoming the person you were created to be, and first discovering that person and then moving forward to create that person. And you can find my book at, on Amazon, barnesandnoble.com, or on our website, middleagerenewal.com. And that's our program for today. Let's all go out, whether you're ready now to retire or it's a future venture for you, and have a wonderful retirement. And thanks a million for tuning in to Middle Age 
can be your best age. You've been listening to Middle Age Can Be Your Best Age, hosted by Roy Richards, an expert on midlife renewal and author of both A Midlife Challenge, Wake Up, and Wake Up, Captain and Crew, Restart Your Engines. You can learn more about Roy and his Middle Age Renewal Training System by visiting his website, middleagerenewal.com. 